Welcome to the Global Watch Prayer Podcast. Thank you for joining us as we build community in prayer to empower the church from local expressions to global connections. For more information and resources on the Global Watch, visit theglobalwatch.com. Yes, everybody, welcome to the Global Watch. This is it is Monday, June 13th, 6 a.m. Jerusalem time. And we want to welcome you to the Global Watch. This is the journey, which is the hour each week that we do a discipleship. We are on lesson two, going through the book, Spiritual Leadership. And we're doing chapters four, five, and six today. We want to thank you all. This is a great book, a very foundational book on leadership and it's about I think it's over 50 years old but it's still it's still pertinent today it's still relevant today and yes we are Susan did you have a did you have a worship song or are we not going to do that tonight I have a worship song if you want to use it it's a spirit breakout we've done it before but I just th thought it would help people get on board here and yeah let's just let's just do that we're in such a key critical time right now and we just need to be up in the spirit as we as we go into this so just why don't you go ahead and just, let's just do that okay here we go anyways father we just thank you for this uh, this time and we just say lord we say spirit come down and and we just say lord would you give us that spirit of wisdom and revelation that as we as we just go over the things that you want you would we would just declare the things that you want us to know um, <clears throat> about spiritual leadership and how important it is and how important it is at this time. We're just asking for that right now and just for God's favor in Jesus' name. Amen. Sue, I think if you want <clears throat> to just start off with your comments, I just I want to say again, I think I said this last time, but <clears throat> excuse me. Spiritual leadership is very important because leadership is influence. It's not about a position that you hold. It's about your character largely, and there is a gift of leadership. And so we're, we are, one of the things that we must recognize in the watch is that God's given us an authority and he's given us the ability to lead. And it may be in a small measure or a large measure, but we need to understand what spiritual leadership is and how to walk in it. And, and it is so much about character and we need to just really understand that and ask the Lord to show us, even as we're reading the book. So Sue, over to you on these chapters. I just have a few comments. I think mostly that reflect what you've said, Fred. I just feel like this book, I'm just relishing it. <laughs> I think it's full of wisdom that's applicable for today, at least for, I am finding that. And I hope that you are as well. Um, one of the comments that he makes on page 31 is that we can lead others only as far along the road as we ourselves have traveled. <sighs> oh my goodness. Come on, Jenny, <laughs> you can speak into this. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> That's exactly the Lord. I wrote it down here. We can lead others only as far along the road as we ourselves have traveled. But the Lord said to me, you have just come off the call to Hernhut. This is a prophetic word for those going to Hernhut. He is going to make, he is the other side of Hernhut, the law at Hernhut. Oh, the presence on, of my girl. Wow. Come on, Jim. At Hernhut, at Hernhut, 
the Lord is going to bestow new anointings. And out of those anointings, after her not turning, out of her, some are going to be called into a deeper and higher level of leadership. And so the Lord is taking this word. We can lead only others only as far along the road as we ourselves have traveled. So those traveling to Hernhut that are clearly hearing the word of the Lord to go, there is, there's in the glory, there's going to be a release of mantles that are in preparation for the days ahead. Yes, that's what I see. This is glorious. This is just glorious. And you just confirmed the word, Sue. So, Father, we just thank you. We thank you. We thank you, Father. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your direction. Thank you that you guide us and you lead us, Father. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah, and let me just tag team onto that and just say, Father, we as we war over this word and we agree with it, but Lord, let it be also for the people who can't make it to Heronhood, but who are gonna are gonna um, are gonna come on by by Zoom by the live stream, and we just say, Lord, those help us to prepare our hearts to receive those mantles and to walk in a new anointing and a fresh anointing. Lord, we're desperately in need of that for this for such a time as this. And so we just say, thank you, Lord. This is just confirmation that we're in the right place at the right time doing the right thing. We just thank you, Lord. It's very exciting. We just declare those things in Jesus' name. Amen. And just give me that word about when Moses was going to let the spirit fall on other people. But there were two outside the camp. So I just agree with what you've just been praying today. That the spirit will fall on others who aren't able to get there. Yeah. And we've been talking a lot about Zechariah 3 in preparation for Hanhood. And chapter 5, there was a ton of questions that he laid out. And I thought that if you can go through those questions, boy, <laughs> it gets to the filthy rags. <laughs> that we're carrying and we all need work on that let's just be honest and one of the one of the questions that I feel I need to really ponder is do you depend on the praise of others to keep you going can you hold steady in the face of disapproval and even temporary loss of confidence so those are all questions that is much too deep for us to go into tonight but I want to invite us all in as part of the watch. This is cultivating a community of, of the committed <laughs> and those who will stand with God in the days of adversity ahead. And I was just looking over the news headlines at things popping up all over the world and thinking, dear God, give us the strength for the days ahead. And that's exactly what this whole session is about. Fred, that's about all that I want to say tonight. Okay, so let me... Can I just jump in? Uh, just yes. Quick. I have my iPad on, and I was looking at the same verse that you said right now. So I just want to confirm that. I mean, that's amazing. Thank you, yeah, Lord. Well, Thank you. Margaret, we can have a phone call on our own. <laughs> <laughs> Get rid of those filthy rags. <laughs> From the Spirit, amen. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. 
Amen. Okay, there's this prophetic flow here. It's so good. All right. Just along those lines, Sue, since you jumped into chapter five, which the title of it is, Can You Become a Leader? And there were a number of questions that he set up so that you could investigate your potential. And they're hard questions. And they're, they really cut to the core. So here's here are the ones that I'll just read them that were uh, that really affected me. And for those of you who haven't read the chapter yet, or maybe you don't have the book, you can just tune into this. Okay, here's one. Can you accept opposition to your viewpoint or decision without taking offense? And then it says leaders always face opposition. Okay, that's question one. Question two, are you tactful? Um, can you anticipate how your words will affect a person? Genuine leaders think before speaking. All right. Any of you convicted on that? I'm convicted on both of those. Number three, are you reasonably optimistic? Pessimism and leadership do not mix. Leaders are positively visionary. Okay. And if that isn't enough for you, let's do another one. Have you identified a master passion such as that of Paul who said, this one thing I do, such singleness of motive will focus your energies and powers on the desired objective. Leaders need a strong focus. <clears throat> so Lord, help us in all of those areas. God, we all need work on this. We need to be thinking before we speak. We need to not take offense to things. We need to be optimistic, realistic, but optimistic at the same time. And, and we need to be focused. So Father, thank you that you're going to help us in all of those areas. And here in Hutt's going to be a breakthrough time. Thank you, Lord. So we're going to, so in chapter four, the, which is natural and spiritual leadership, the one quote that I thought was really key in this was this, spirituality is not easy to define, but you can tell when it is present. It's the fragrance of the garden of the Lord, the power to change the atmosphere around you. So that's one of the key differences between spiritual leadership and non-spiritual leadership is spiritual leaders walk in the presence of God. And as the ecclesia, they know how to change the spiritual atmosphere or the atmosphere around them. And so father, show us, give us insight into that, into what that means and how we do that. So I'm just hitting on some highlights from these three chapters. Cause we could honestly, we could spend a couple of weeks probably on each chapter if we wanted to, it's very deep. Chapter six was insights on leadership from Paul. And there were, he took the time in First Timothy about spiritual leaders where it was defined. And there were six different areas, social qualifications, moral qualifications, mental qualifications, personality qualifications, domestic qualifications, and maturity. So I'm not going to go through all of them. Let me just hit a couple of highlights. Okay, so let me just go to the last one. Spiritual maturity is indispensable to good leadership. A novice or new co convert should not be pushed into leadership. A plant needs time to take root and come to maturity, and the process cannot be hurried. The seedling must take root downward before it can hear, bear fruit upward. J.A. Bengal says that novices usually have an abundance of vegetation and are not yet pruned by the cross. In 1 Timothy 3.10, referring to qualifications for deacons, Paul urges, they must first be tested. And then down a little bit further is this. Um, steadfastness is a characteristic that accompanies a growing maturity and stability. Maturity is shown in a magnanimous spirit and broad vision. Paul's encounter with Christ transformed him 
from a narrow-minded bigot into a full-hearted leader. The indwelling Christ enlarged his passion for others, broadening his view of the world and deepening deepened his convictions. But even in Paul's case, these changes took time. So I'm speaking to a group of people that you are not new believers. You are seasoned people who have matured over time. And I say that only to say that some of you don't think of yourselves as leaders, but the Lord has given you, has given you a an anointing, I believe, and a desire and a hunger for leadership that just needs to be activated if it's not already. And so I'm just going to pray over you for this. Father, I'm just asking that everyone on the line, some of your leaders, and you know that you're called and you have no problem with that. But Lord, the, to the ones that are on the line and say, I don't really, I'm not really sure. I'm not, I'm not thinking in there. And you're thinking in worldly terms. And so we just say, Lord, open everyone's eyes who you have called to leadership, which is really virtually everybody on the call. Open everyone's eyes that they might see what you desire in their hearts for leadership. Remind, we just ask for reminders, Lord, that the disciples that you picked, the 12 men, they were ordinary people. Nobody, I don't think, would have considered them leaders in anything. And Lord, you fashioned them over time so that they all became leaders and they changed the world. They turned the world upside down. And that was through the power of your spirit. And so, Lord, we're just saying, Father, break our boxes. We do not want to continue on as is. Lord, we know that you have so much more for us. And part of this is in spiritual leadership. And so we just say, Lord, show us as we're reading these words, show us how that applies to us. Show us there's, we all have ways to grow. It all takes time, but Lord, we're all starting somewhere. And, and Lord, we're just believing right now. We are believing that you are taking us to a place that we've never been before. And we're going to be bold and, and step out as servant spiritual leaders like we never have before. We just declare those things in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. All right, Susan Rao, back to you. Okay. We're going to do breakout rooms. And we're going to have you do one question. And at the end of chapter six, this is pretty much culminates the three chapters in our discussions. It talks about Paul having boundless Christ-centered ambition. It's not wrong to have ambition, but how would you describe a Christ-centered ambition versus soulish ambition? What would, is that how you want to frame it, Fred? Yeah, I'm putting, the, I'm putting the question in the chat right now. It's okay to have the desire or ambition to lead. In fact, the gift of leadership comes from God. And I will just say most of this in Romans 12, verses 4 through 8. We're talking about different leadership gifts. So I'll just read them. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. So we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith or ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Leadership is a spiritual gift. And it's, again, it's okay to have the desire or ambition to lead. In fact, the gift of leadership comes from God. 
so the question here is, this is very important. What is the difference between godly ambition and ungodly ambition to lead? And what are, the, some, what are some of the ways that you can discern this in yourself and in others? So that's the question for the breakout session. So Sue, go ahead and just take us there. We can take like probably 15 minutes. We have time and then we can, we can gather we'll back to- stop at quarter two. We'll give you 20 minutes. These, this is a really good question and we hope that you can really get into it. Okay, we'll see you back at quarter two. Welcome back everyone. I hope you had some fervent discussions. Okay, everybody. Looks like people made it back. I don't know about you, but we had a pretty lively discussion. Everybody had some very mm. important in our group. So I can't wait to hear from the different group leaders about what, what were some of the highlights of what you had. So we were group one. And boy, there was a lot of stuff I wrote, like about three paragraphs of stuff. So I'll just hit on a couple of these. Attitude is key. Godly ambition in an attitude of love, humility, and compassion, not in power and might. In other words, trying to overwhelm people or lord it over them. Leadership means serving and a godly leader needs to listen to the Lord. Also, ungodly ambition is always me-centered. Godly leadership calls others up to encourage them, calls them out as leaders and encourages them on their walk and creates a spiritual atmosphere that is safe and loving. Godly leadership is also forgiving and godly leadership does not take offense to things. Then another point was how leaders face difficulties is real and challenges is really important. Godly leaders, good godly leaders do not give up despite difficulties and persecutions. And there's another point of this, there's different forms of leadership. What type of leadership are you called into? And in what situations are you called to lead? It might not be in every situation. You might be one situation, you might be a leader. Another situation, you might be just uh, a follower. And people need to not be overly dependent on leaders. In other words, a good leader knows how to delegate and how to empower others and not make people dependent on them. And then a good leader, I think I already said this, must be a servant. If a person who does not want to be a leader sees a need, and so they, they step up because they, they see a need and they want to serve people and are called by God to serve. That's a pretty good sign that they, that's a godly ambition. So that's all we had to say. That's in a nutshell. And it was rich. We could have gone on for another half an hour. Let's go to group two. Group two, speaker or, yep, unmute yourself. Yes, we're group two. We spoke about the last point that you said, Fred. Yes, check yourself. That's when the position, when the situation comes, you're ready to serve, presenting yourself uh, willingly, having the mind of Christ out of our comfort zone, and that people need to see the fruit of our own lifestyle. We need to be accountable to God through working to be diligent in our work, having the fear of God and not the fear of man. The sweet potato does not focus on their own sweetness, but on the Lord. And this is something that was spoken of. And how do we deal with opposition really speaks in our lives and how people see us dealing with that opposition. So that's in short what we said. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. All mm -hmm. great points. Yes. Thank you, Margaret. Let's go on to group three. Leader, you want to go ahead and or 
spokesperson you want to unmute yourself? I think we're group three. Our list also, I just made a list of it, discerning the will of the Lord for others. A leader does that. A leader discerns other people's callings that they can be helped to move. A leader helps people move in that direction. On the other hand, a desire to lead can be narcissistic. So you need to be careful of that. A leader doesn't want to be confronted from the flesh, but to be willing to confront as necessary in the spirit. Discern Gail, Gail, can you just define narcissistic? Just Say what Narcissistic that is. is a person who has everything revolves around them. They like they, to be the center of attention and be in control of everything. And they, the desire to lead can be from somebody's own ego rather than, and that would be the flesh. Is that okay? Yep. Perfect. All right. A leader does not want to be confrontive from the flesh, as I said, but be willing to confront discern who is truly suffering in order to set things right and bring justice. And that person said, somebody who's suffering may not actually be the person who's suffering, maybe somebody else, but that person is stepping into that role. So you have to discern that was the best I understood that. Also see the Lord glorified obedience and see the cost of what you're doing as a leader. And the flesh rises up against the cost. Correct and love but from a pure heart, and then went back to the confronting, discern potential in others. And then again, we've said this already, be a servant leader, and then have a passion for what you're leading in, and also help other people to find their giftings. Keep your eye on the goal. God moves past our own abilities, so he can get the glory. That was another thing that, that we may feel limited and be called into a role we're not comfortable in, and God will call us there to stretch us, and so that he we will know we couldn't do it on our own. He gets the glory. Trust. A leader needs to deal with their own issues before the Lord and have a clean heart. So that's a trust relationship between them and God. And the leader is willing to confront the culture in a godly manner. And then also to finish this up, some people may not feel comfortable leading. I said that, but we'll step up if there's a void. And so the Lord uses that as well. The challenge is to confront and love. God wants to continue our development in new situations. And then this was a very good word, care fronting, instead of confronting, care fronting people and to take that on your team to take them to a higher level. So that when you're confronting, you're actually care fronting because you care about them and you want them to go to a higher level. And finally, there's nothing in me, a person will say, but they read the word and that makes them resourceful. And then they can hear God speaking to them. That's our list. Wow, wow great wow. stuff. Every one of those points, great. Thank you so much, Gail. All righty, let's go on to group four. Spokesperson. Bob Jones, Cassandra, Diane, Hala, Petra. Okay, some great leaders, come on. Step I, right forgot, in. I was talking, but I forgot to unmute. Okay. Um, sorry. Bob read from Philippians 6 because... I think everybody shared about leaders taking people to the next step for I am confident of this very thing that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. And I really think a lot of what we said was already covered, but something that came up was just having vulnerability as a leader. I think showing your weakness and also just that accountability piece of leadership, being willing to be submissive to someone else in 
an accountability fashion. So I think those were some parts of our discussion that were a little bit different, but otherwise, yeah, I think everything was already covered. Attitude is just a main, you're just a servant attitude. That's such a key to being a good leader. So yeah, yeah. that's good. It's and that attitude is one of the few things that we actually have control over. <laughs> there are many things in life we don't have control over, but attitude is one of them. And, uh, and it requires sometimes a supernatural ability to, to be able to have the right attitude in certain situations. So good leadership is in part very, godly leadership is in part very dependent on the Lord, very dependent on the Lord. So that's great, Diane. Thank you so much. Let's go on to five. Okay. We got uh, humility, compassion, help others. The greatest is the servant of all of us got that one. I think the heart motivation, God looks on the heart, not the desire to be elevated, focus on others, no pride in it, not from a place of pride. Of course. And then we move in the compassion of the father and by the spirit and love and not overprotective and to have the shepherd's heart after the sheep. Amen. That's so good. That's great, Dahlia. Thank you so much. All right. Let us go on to group six spokesperson. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. But yeah, we our room had a very robust discussion as well. Very blessed. And we we, we concurred that godly leadership will be always a facilitator and allow the spirit of God to lead. And we facilitate and the spirit of God leads and honor revelation given to each, every person, the gift that is given and accept that. And a godly leader would be led, would be led by the spirit and the motive of the heart would be from love, wisdom and humility and compassion. And it's also godly leadership is also led by kingdom principles, which actually differ from the world leadership principles. Yep. First to be the last salt of the earth, etc. And the true role of a godly leadership is to point to Jesus. And more than setting rules is about getting by the side of people and showing them Christ. It's a process. It's a journey. And godly ambition is centered on Jesus, his kingdom, and the Father's business. <clears throat> and ungodly ones build their own. And godly leadership is always honoring. Honoring and lifting each one as each one's gift as given by God and building each other up. And as a leader, as a godly leader, to be transparent in showing Christ and modeling life that is lived by the principles of Christ. And we I just felt the Holy Spirit led us to even have a small discussion on how godly leaders handle admonition and correction. And that is required. A godly leaders, godly leadership will have confidence and compassion in the face of opposition. And ungodly leadership will deal in pride, but godly leadership is not being afraid of failure, is not easily offended, 
and and will operate in the love of Christ. Amen. Thank you. Wow, great stuff, great stuff, Molly. When you at the very beginning, when you were talking about about godly leaders are facilitators, I would say I think a corollary to that is that they are godly leaders are their attention is not focused on them, but they're constantly empowering others as well. And that's I think that's part of the role of a facilitator. And so it's great. All those are great points. So thank you very much. So last but not least, let us go to group seven. Group seven speaker. Thank you. Our group dwelt on moving from self-confidence and natural leadership to the place of seeking the Lord's will and becoming more God-dependent. One of us shared about Moses at the beginning of leadership. Oh, I can do it. Heal and then deliver God's people. And that self-confidence is often the result of not really knowing what is involved in the leadership. That at the time now that God began to call on him to lead the same person who was self-confident said, no, I don't think I want to go to Pharaoh. No, I can't go there. I don't want to go. I'm nobody. I can't go. That through a process of sanctification, certain things get off the one who naturally feels confident to the place where he can depend on God. And that's what Jesus was saying to the sons of Zebedee. One wants to be at my right hand and the other at my left. I said, you don't know what you're asking for. Yeah, so we get to the point where as God walks on us, it looks like we are afraid of leadership, but then we have to depend on him to lead. That's part of what our group brought on. Thank you. Yeah, wow, great stuff, Pastor Tim. We really appreciate that. That is just very good. Becoming more God-dependent, we're all seeking that, but it's very, those lessons are not easily, not easily accomplished. Great stuff, everybody, from all the groups. Susan you know Rapp- what, I would challenge group leaders or those who spoke and you wrote down your notes to put it in the journey group segment on the signal threads put down your key thoughts i think it'd be all food for thought for us for this next week and i would encourage us all i'm going to go back to chapter five and go through it daily those questions that he this guy really nailed the heart the human heart and i think they if we go through them and really get before the Lord, he'll strengthen us in the right way that we should go. Deeply challenging, yes. Yeah. Do you have any announcements before we close? Uh, nope, not that I can think of, other than if you're thinking about here and I would get your registrations in, it's filling up. Okay, and registrations have to be in by the end of June. Yeah. All right, great. Before we close, Jenny Haggard, do you have any more words from the Lord? Do you have any more thoughts about this? No, okay. Anyways, thank you for sharing that at the beginning. That was so good. All righty. Let's have Pastor Kim, why don't you close us off in prayer? Can you unmute yourself and just close us off, please? Thank you, Fred. Father Lord, we thank you for this time with each other and with your presence. Thank you for the things that you have challenged us with concerning leadership. Thank you for the discussions and the things that we have learned. Father, we just pray that this will get into us, that as we read these things, we are seeing them and we are challenged. We are transformed to become better leaders, become more useful in your hands and more useful to your people. Thank you, Lord, for the 
processing for the dealings in our hearts. Lord, we trust that this will produce fruit that will glorify you. Thank you, Father, for what you're doing in us and doing through this platform. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. All God's people said, Amen. Everybody unmute yourselves, wave to each other. Say, I bless you in the name of the Amen. Lord. Amen. Amen. Jesus, Jesus. 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 Jesus.